hammer down and push your IndyCar to the limit. So better way to quiet your critics than to go to victory lane. From turbochargers to tight turns, we're covering everything that's happening in the NTT IndyCar series. And Alex Exclusive interviews with drivers, crew chiefs, and team owners discussing the IndyCar storylines that matter to you. No matter whether it's a street circuit, a road course, a super speedway, or a small oval, it's fantastic, and there's more to come in 2022. This is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. Well, it is a Wednesday night on NBC Sports Audio Channel 85, so you know what the next hour is going to be consumed with. All things the NTT IndyCar Series presents to the IndyCar Nation. I'm Jack Arute. Welcome, and I welcome my compadre, my sidekick, really the guy that's got the inside and shares it with you each and every week, the 2013 Indy 500 champion, Tony Kanan, TK Barber. To me, it had so many different facets, and yet it was a typical Barber event, was it not? Yeah, what a weekend. I mean, I have to say it went pretty exciting for qualifying, you know, and people not getting their laps, waiting. I mean, that game that I hated the most. Yeah. It started with a race that it was boring, to be honest, the first few laps. Extremely, I'm like, oh, it's just going to be another barber race, which, you know, it's hard to pass. It's just the nature of the track. Another few mileage race that I hate. I mean, I'm talking about the negatives right away. but And then all of a sudden, Jack, the light switch, right? I mean... You know, we had the possibility of the rain, which I was looking forward to it. Uh, it got dried. They had a pretty, actually, a pretty exciting uh, Indy Lights race getting to dry. But then the race picked up. And uh, wow, man, I mean, we have so much to talk about that. I don't think the hour show will do justice. I mean, <laughs> you have conflicts. You have teammates blocking teammates. You have one card then dominated, but then you have a little sneaky, sneaky little rookie second year in the series that people were criticizing that wasn't delivering and 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 sneak out on anybody then you have palu that acts like a veteran and, and oh indeed has podium you know 11 out of 20 races that he did for ganassi he finished in the podium he's he's on to something too so i mean a lot to talk about it but yeah it was cool to watch well let's try to drill down into some of it the controversy first and foremost <laughs> uh the performance i TK, I think the honeymoon is over in IndyCar for Romain Grosjean. And he not only was fearless in terms of uh, going side-by-side and really uber-racing his teammates, but in the end, listen to what Graham Rahal had to say about his fandango and confrontation with the former F1 pilot. You know, as, as a, I won't name, but as another driver in the series told me, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And, you know, it's kind of been his reputation over his whole career in Europe, and it's just, we're learning his reputation quickly here. So to me, you know, if, if race control doesn't want to do anything, then they're not going to do anything. But when we go and punt him, they better not do anything to me, which in the past, I've been penalized for a lot less than that. I got to tell you. You know, he wasn't happy. He was not at all happy. But I also think, to be quite frank with you, for Graham and Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan, they're still trying to get their feet under them. They're working awfully hard. And in some respects, my observation is they're playing catch up. Yeah, but Jack, look, there are many ways. You know me. I always yep. try to tell you the truth and the driver's uh, view. It was hard racing. At first, when it happened, obviously, 
now I'm watching all the races live to be able for us to talk on the show. Um, I thought it was the second hit was on purpose. Looking back, I don't think it was. I think it's a tough corner. He, they hit first, then he tried to get back on the throttle, then he hit him again. Doesn't make it fair uh, nor justifiable because you can always avoid it. But I don't think it was on purpose. I think Graham had all the rights to be mad. I love the way Grosjean interviewed completely the opposite what I would have done or any other. Nah, it was just a little tap tap, like very uh, polite, which then there is no fight, right? You can't, if the guy doesn't answer the way you wanted it to answer, how are you going to have an argument? But I agree with you on Graham's and, uh, and, and his team. But also I have to say, Graham knew he was going to run out of fuel. Graham knew he could yeah. use the push to pass. So I don't know why I give the guy that much of a hard time to actually risk to lose another position because you start fighting like that, people in the back started to catch up. Or if he hits you a little harder, you're going to spin and, and you know you need a result because they haven't been performing well. I don't know. On that, you should judge and say, you know, how much of a hard time should I give this guy knowing that, you know, Grant had nothing in the last lap because he ran out of fuel. But that goes to my point, TK, about frustration does affect drivers. And they, look, it's been a frustrating season thus far for Ray Hall Letterman. So I'm going to give both of them a pass. I'm going to say, look, a little controversy like that. It was hard racing. I got to circle back, and we've got to acknowledge the elephant in the room. And I've resisted this. But when you look at the performance this season by Colton Herta, we'll put Andretti Autosport on the shelf for just a moment. Uh, Whether it's by his own making or by miscalculating the amount of time before you go out, Things are just not coming as quickly and as effortlessly as they have in previous seasons with the youngster. And I'm beginning to wonder, and even the TV crew started to question, might there be some flaws in his racecraft that need some development? You're a veteran. Take a look at it. I'm not discounting. The cat can really drive, okay? No, 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 no. I mean, you're right. I mean, 100%, I think. But what makes a champion, it's a guy that is complete. You can't be 98%. Um, it's a lot easier to slow down a horse than actually to speed up a horse. So I see what you're saying. I agree with you. I think there are some mistakes that it can be made anymore. I mean, there are guys his age that are not making those. Is he the fastest guy in that field right now? I am 100% convinced he is. But that doesn't mean he will become a champion if he doesn't improve the mistakes that he's making. His own mistakes. And I, and I understand that qualifying wasn't his mistakes. Then he tries to take everything on himself and then overdoes. And then he looks bad, right? That's one. But we talked about it on the other shows. The Nashville last year wasn't, you know, it was his mistake. And, and Long the Beach. Long Beach. Yeah. So my observation is he's trying too hard and that's what's happening there. But that is an easy fix, Jack. I mean, this kid is going to, once he dials that in, obviously you got to be lucky to let people keep giving you that opportunity because there are so much that a team or a sponsor or whoever can take it, but which I don't think that's going to happen there where he's at. I think Michael will give him, full support for years and years and years. Um, Once he dials that in, he's going to be unbeatable. 
Well, let's contrast it to our defending NTT IndyCar champion and his performance where he took what was given to him and Alex Pillow put together, as you just alluded to, uh, you know, maximizing what he could get out of his car. And he's one of those kind of drivers that maybe you don't pay attention immediately to what he's doing, but when when they say the payoff window is open, he's right there. And it's it, it's a quiet concentration where you never see him take the car over the edge. He squeezes as much out as possible. But see, but that's what I'm talking about. It's a yeah. young, it's a young kid as well. It's his third year in the series. And his second year, he wins the championship. He got an opportunity out of the blue. He got picked out of the blue chip. Obviously, he has a pretty good eye for drivers. But look at the opportunity. He took it, and he doesn't make mistakes. This guy, the way he's driving right now, people don't watch it. He's going to win the championship again. He is the future of Ganassi, in my opinion. I think Ganassi found an extraordinary driver uh, to, let's face it, Dixon doesn't have that many years left. I'm not discounting Dixon. Dixon, it's still going to be a factor. But people are starting to look what's after Dixon. What's five years from now, you know? And Palou is the guy. Palou is the guy. And, and uh, I'm, I'm very impressed. Obviously, I can talk more in depth because he's my teammate. I mean, I work with him. I'm in the team all the time. And he reminds me, I told you that before, a lot of Dan Weldon. The kid asks you questions, yeah. questions and questions. And then he just delivers. So kudos to him. To be honest, I think apart from New Garden, I would say that start the year extremely strong. He he's the other. He's the other one. He's very consistent. He's not up there. I, I think we need to also acknowledge the elephant in the room that Chevy has won all the races so far. So, so as a Honda driver, as a Honda what driver, is, what does know, Tony Kanan think? I, I think a little bit is a coincidence, to be honest. Uh, you know, if you look at the the mistakes that the Honda teams, Herta, Palou made they could have actually equal i don't think that means that chevy is better but at the end of the year when they win the manufacturer if they win the manufacturer's championship or mm. a chevy driver wins the championship doesn't matter doesn't matter who's better they were better if they had more power or not that's another deal but uh, right now they they have an upper hand we see the emergence of renus vk who uh you know finally put it all together which scored some important i think moral victories for ed carpenter racing and, and to me, TK, ECR and Ed Carpenter just fascinate me, quite honestly, because as we get ready to enter the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, both on the road course and the oval, you'd better not count out ECR. They're going to be right there with Team Penske, right there with your team, with Ganassi. And, and I wonder if at least going in, speculation would be they're probably ahead of Andretti Autosport. What do you think? Um, I don't know. They're always going to be contenders at the Speedway. I think, uh, you know, as a Chevy team, they even, they've been better than, they've, they've been the best Chevy team for quite a while at the Speedway. So as far as I, I think Andretti has, I think a stronger driver lined up that ECR has right now, not about talent. So I, I wouldn't call they have the upper hand, but uh, they, they definitely, uh, they're up there, which, you know, it's, you can't compare Andretti to ECR. So how young ECR is, how Ed's been trying to do things, I think they're they're going that way. The rumor mill has started, and uh, it's I a know little... more than you think. It, okay, well, what can I'm gonna you add share? To it. I'm going to add to it. Go ahead. <laughs> you know the big talk, and and look, you you dropped the bomb without saying it. 
about Kyle Kirkwood and what his future is. And certainly he is uh, out kicking his coverage, as they would say in football, and performing well above an awful lot of people. And I think there was some sort of an agreement with Andretti Autosport about Kirkwood's services, but now it's out in the open. People talking uh, very openly that uh, it's going to be a one-and-done for Kirkwood at A.J. Foyt Racing and that he's going to join Andretti Autosport. So what can you tell us? Well, my question to you is, if he's just joined Andretti... Who leaves? Who leaves or is he adding a car? Yeah, yeah. That's a great well, question. I have the answer. Are you going to share it? or I will, know? of course. Otherwise, I wouldn't have said it. <laughs> I take responsibility for it, but this is what's going to happen. Kirkwood was already under contract when he went to Foyt. He was borrowed because they didn't have a place. Mm-hmm. He's going to Andretti to replace Rossi. That it's going to McLaren on the third car. It makes a lot of sense. And that will make 2022... Uh, exciting, but 2023 even more so. And look, TK, you've been at this for a long time. Change is good sometimes, a change of scenery. And for Alex Rossi, uh, it, it just isn't clicking at the present time over at Andretti Autosport. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy how, and I love Alex, and I yeah. love that attitude. I go to the gym with him every day, and the kid doesn't get affected by it. It's just a situation, it's a reality, but you're right. I think. When you struggle one year, fine. Two years starts to get, you know, and then you have, obviously, Andretti has shuffled some drivers. They send Hunter Ray home to hire Grosjean. Then you get Herta there. That is, it's Herta, you know. Um, it, it, I think, I don't think he's happy there. Uh, I don't think the team is happy that he's there. It's nothing bad, not bad blood. It's just, like you said, it's not clicking. Yeah. I mean, look how good of a job the team did to fix his car and look how good of a job he did to make the fast six. He was the only Andretti car that made it. So they're both still very capable. I just think it's, you're right. Something is not clicking there. And when that happens, why are you going to insist on it? I think uh, they're both with the agreement that it maybe it'll be a good time to go. Uh, and it's going to give a Kirk with a good opportunity. And I think Alex is as well. I'm going to use the example. I'm going to go even further. Marcus Ericsson which we did interview him uh, in our show. He was a McLaren, didn't do a lot. People are like, wow, this kid, and this and that. He wasn't happy there. Look what he's doing at Ganassi. So I think we'll be actually very healthy for Alex and for Andretti if that happens. So a three-car team for Aero McLaren in 2023. Well, when we return here on Brick by Brick, we'll visit with the current Uh, lead member. We call him Ninja Hands as uh, Pato Award scores the team's first victory. He and his teammate Felix Rosenquist are on their way to uh, the Formula One race at Miami. But before we get to that. But Jack, uh, before we get to that, before we go, I'm going to drop you another bomb. Oh, drop the mic time with Tony Kanan, folks. Well, who says that McLaren is going to do three cars? Who says that if Pato doesn't go and win his bet. And, you know, I know they have contracts in Formula One, but that we've seen it before. So I'll leave you that out there for you guys. Well, and you go to Ricardo's place and McLaren will, will hire Rossi for a two-car team in IndyCar. And, and I, I think that's, that's an excellent prognostication on your part. And you know what the joker may be in that Formula One deck? 
Andretti Autosport. Andretti Autosport. But as we were saying, talking about Aero McLaren, uh, Sam Schmidt, uh, we all know Sam and co-owner of the Aero McLaren SP. Congratulations to Sam. As this past weekend, he was honored with an honorary doctorate degree from the University of Pepperdine, which is his alma mater. Folks, let me tell you, you do not know just how much Sam Schmidt has done in the medical world to push advances for people suffering with paralysis. Probably one of the most moving moments in recent memory. We first were treated when Sam got behind the wheel of a specially prepared aero-equipped uh, Corvette and turned laps at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And then one year ago, he fulfilled a promise to his young daughter that he would stand and dance at her wedding. He did both of those. And now, TK, when we get to Indianapolis, you realize we're going to have to call Mr. Schmidt, Dr. Schmidt. now. Dr. Schmidt. Yeah, man. <laughs> awesome. When we return, it's time for us to visit with the newest winner on the IndyCar circuit. He's always a treat. You never know what's going to happen. As I said, he is winging his way to Miami for this weekend's Formula One Grand Prix Battle Award front and center after we take this time out. Quick pit stop, and then we're back on the track. This, this is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. From the green flag to the checkered flag, we're discussing the hottest topics from the NTT IndyCar Series. This is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. Pato Award, who had a frustrating start to the year here at Barber Motorsports Park. He's going to win again, but for the first time here, Pato Award. Checkered flag, baby. Nice try. Excellent, excellent job. Well deserved. He wins at Barber Motorsports Park. Welcome back to Brick by Brick. I'm Jack Arute along with Tony Kanan. TK, what do you say? Let's make it a winning threesome, shall we? As joining us now is the winner at Barber Motorsports Park, Ninja Hands himself. Well, put an end to Team Penske's dominance. We're talking about Pato Award, who, oh, by the way, let's just connect a dot, shall we? Has just landed in Miami. Pato, is there something going on in Miami this weekend? What's up, dudes? Uh, <laughs> well, what's happening this weekend some new race that that i guess some series has come into and uh has been expanding into the u.s tremendously it's obviously formula one and um man i think it's gonna be a crazy fest i feel like it's gonna have a very 500-esque vibe just with the amount of people around and the amount of people that are that are gonna enjoy it and patos obviously uh you just you know the best way to come see some friends especially your boss is with a win the weekend before. So uh, what are you, what are you uh, you know looking for this weekend there? I mean yourself. Ah uh, man, honestly, just enjoying the different atmosphere that that Formula One has. Also getting to see Lando, Daniel. You know, all the partners are gonna be there. So I'm I'm sure we're gonna probably have some good meets with them and just um, yeah, just just enjoy a weekend where we're half ish working, but we're not truly working as hard as uh, Lando and Daniel will be. So I think it allows us to, to really just see how this event rolls out and um, yeah, just have a good time. Before we go back to Barber, I want to continue on this because about two weeks ago, I think when you going down to Miami was probably put on the schedule, there were maybe just, just a little bit of, oh man, 
you know, because you were in the midst of not necessarily anything, Pato, that was negative, but you, you kind of wanted to get your deal done. And then as you get ready for Barber, you were let all of us know that, look, we made a lot of substantial progress. So you go there with a little bit less on your mind. Do you not? Yeah, no, I mean, what's behind is behind us. It's, 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 it's definitely not been the smoothest of, of starts to a year, but I think uh, we're all in a great place. There's been very positive talks for the future and just really looking forward to getting back to, to enjoying it, you know, and, 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 and just, you know, hopefully making a, a better two, a new better two with, with Zach. I feel like that'd be really fun to do again. And um, yeah, just truly enjoying what, uh, what all this, has to offer because you know i feel like tony can also speak to it i feel like this is the best job in the world jack to add to that obviously i've always uh you know i think you, you, everybody put a lot of pressure on pato in the beginning of the year we talked about that in the show it was a big hype and, and uh you know you you're allowed to have a, a bad start quote unquote and then like he was saying he was tired to run the 11th and fifth yeah. and then look how things change i mean Pato, going to, you know, talking about the race. Obviously, if you watch the race in the beginning, you go, man, Venus is going to walk away with this. He's dominating. You know, it's tough to pass, especially the car behind. You guys are running so close. But look like to me, you had a plan and you executed brilliantly. Obviously, it could have gone differently, but you knew you had as good or better car than he did and, and your team as well. Am I wrong? And then you just pulled the pass when it was the time to do it. Uh, you're right, man. You're right. Um, it's, I, I mean, Barbara is so, so quick that it's so important to have a plan whenever you're starting up there, because we were hitting a fuel number. We, we had to make sure that we made our tires last. So th the plan was always make sure you hit the number, make sure you make your tires last. But the way you do that is you, I, I, I couldn't be within one second behind Renus for 30 laps because I was going to absolutely destroy the front tires. So I said, let me just back up and stay within two-ish seconds. But basically, just keep him at bay and within sights while I'm being able to control my own tire deg and all that stuff. So did that for the first stint, did it for the second stint. And right before we pitted for the second set, I knew it was the last, the last uh, pit stop before the last stint that would ultimately mm -hmm. give us the opportunity if we wanted to take it. And I had a mega in lap. That's the only push to pass that I was able to use because of all the fuel that I was needing to save. But it was enough to, to, to get close to him. And, and we basically went, you know, came out of the pit lane right on his gearbox and just... Uh, yeah, made the pass then and there in, in, in turn five. And then once we got that done, I think my next question was like, how much pace or true pace does Palau have? Because he didn't have any fuel concerns. He was using all of his push to pass. And we were kind of handicapped on our end to not mm -hmm. being able to use that. But as soon as as soon as I was uh, getting told that he was using all that and, and he wasn't really challenging, uh, you know, from then I said, ah, we got it. I want to go back to that in-lap on that final pit stop because you were glued to the gearbox of Renus and made the pass in that next lap on the out-lap. But on the in-lap, I mean, you look like Pac-Man gobbling up Renus VK because as you just alluded to, Pato, you know, you kind of you kind of laid back a little bit. But then when it was box, 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 uh, you hit that button 
and that, that extra 50 horsepower, when you went in a pit lane, were you as close as you possibly could be, or was there a little more room? Uh, I was pretty close to him. I think, I think so. We came, we, came yeah. from like, we came from like two and a half seconds or so to basically five tenths or three tenths or something. So I think I got as close as I could, but keeping it controlled. You know, there was maybe I could have gone a little bit more, but it, there was there was always that little more risk that, it, oh, I could lock up a tire here or there and it could take things and completely turn them upside down. So I did just enough to to kind of have the opportunity to challenge. And um, I feel like once once we hit pit lane, I think the hardest thing was getting in our box because his box was right in front of ours. And mm -hmm. it is so tough in Barber because the, the boxes are, are, are pretty small, just like they are in Mid-Ohio and, and Laguna. So it was... It was it was hard to get perfectly on the marks, which I'm glad I I, I hit them well, um, because all weekend every time Venus was in the box, I never hit them right. But in the race, I said no, I have to hit them perfectly, and and and, and uh, I executed. So I was proud of myself for that. <laughs> you know, but you obviously you dedicated the win in memory, your Sunday's win in memory of Senna, which you know you know my relationship with him, for you know. It's not even, it's a question, but it's not. I mean, obviously, you're a much younger generation than I am. I had the pleasure to meet the guy, to be friends with the guy. And it meant a lot to me to know that kids of your generation are actually still appreciate what he did. Was he one of your racing idols? Although I think you're not even born when he was racing, right? Yeah, so I, I never got to see him live. But I feel like what's lived on is his his legacy because everyone still talks about him like he still races. And I got obviously I got to see the movie. I got to see all of the merch that's always at the, like he's the only he, him and I think Michael are the only guys that have literally a merch stand at every fuck uh, at every uh, F1 race um, <laughs> that can that can just you can go up and buy it. Right. right. And. You remember like the the Monaco laps and uh, the guy's just good. The guy's just good and and he will always be someone that I feel like people look up to. You mentioned I saved one right there, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, you yeah. did. You saved it at the it last a, minute. It was a little bit of an overshoot, but you caught it. Caught it. You know, you mentioned uh, yeah. you know uh, Senna's performance there that memorable day in Monaco. Um, as Cliff the Mailman on, <laughs> used to say, it's a little known fact. I actually was there covering the event for Wide World of Sports. And I'm going to share, and I'm sure, TK, you know this about Ayrton, um, in his passion not only for racing, but Pato, did you know that he was passionate about radio controlled airplanes? I actually did not know that. I know Montoya loves radio-controlled airplanes, though. <laughs> and and I had done the research because I was a big fan of his. And you know how you go through the Formula One circus for interviews and you're allocated just so much time. Well, I'm sitting with him and I said, screw this. I don't want to talk about the race. I, I, I want to know what, why he or what similarities he sees. So anyways, to end the story or make it a Reader's Digest version, we went on for an extra 10 minutes. And then on race day, one of the protocols at the time is the winner goes to Park Ferme and nobody can speak to him or interview him until he's greeted by the Prince of Monaco. 
I didn't know I was the ugly American. I run up and four gendarmes have got me under my elbows and he waves his hand and he says, stop, Jack, so good to see you. And they were all astonished. And that is one of my golden moments. So along with TK and you, uh, I share a, a passionate uh, admiration for uh, who I submit to both of you is probably one of the greatest race car drivers ever to sit behind the steering wheel. Hey, I can't let you get by with something you dropped on us a little bit earlier in this conversation. And that was that you're hoping to be able to extract another air quotes bet with Zach Brown. We know the story about the last one. So uh, as you get ready to, uh, to be the only winner for team McLaren thus far, be it formula one or IndyCar in 2022, what are you thinking? What kind of bet do you want to lay out on, on your boss? That's a great question, and you need some help. Me and TK can it, help you. I really don't know what. <laughs> uh, I'll send you. I'll send you a text, Pato. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, send me a text. Send me a list. You know, a fun fact. Uh, I'm gonna send you a. I'm gonna text you a picture of me and your boss, and you can make fun of him this weekend. We race against each other, so I'm gonna send you a picture when we race together. The best part about Zach Brown until and I and I just love the Netflix series was seeing your boss on ice hockey skates playing in a pickup adult hockey game. You can pass the word on to him on my behalf. Good thing he doesn't quit his day job. Okay. <laughs> Stanley Cup and the <laughs> NHL are not in Zach Brown's future. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, Pato, we're, we, we've launched the month of May, and it certainly has changed a great deal over the course of my 50 years of covering the Indy 500. Uh, at this point in time, historically, we were already ensconced at the corner of 16th and Georgetown and just practice every day over and over and over again, building up to the Indy 500. But now there's an off week, then the GMR Grand Prix on the road course, and everything is condensed. I know that you can't react to the way it used to be, but it strikes me that in some respects, it puts the onus on a driver and his team to get it right, right from the get-go. Uh, have you have you and your guys and Tyler just kind of sat down and talked about what the strategy is, A, for the road course, but most importantly, for the greatest spectacle in racing at the end of May? Man, it's definitely going to be a very busy month mm. um it's all about how you how you get off the truck especially for a road course race for indy there's definitely a lot more time to to kind of take things uh, a bit more cautiously which you have to i mean it's it's a track that is extremely rewarding but it's a track that will bite if you take advantage of it and you don't respect it so that respect you can never lose the respect that you have for it um so yeah, we've we've talked. I mean, our 500, right? Our 500 started a week ago when we had the open test, and it's it, and it went very smoothly. So we're looking forward to building on that once we're done with the with the road course. And in terms of the road course race, it hasn't historically been our best race. Uh, it's probably been one of our worst and toughest. But I'm excited to get back there and trying to make her, you know, go a bit better. I mean, obviously, you guys have Montoya there. For the 500 you guys worked together with you worked with him last year how is it work with i mean obviously i know want you for a long time but um, is he giving you any advices or like is he being able to even though it's a one-off 
to share and help you guys out? Man, he's so funny. He's such a character. Uh, Felix and I love having him around. And, you know, it's, it's hard because he, he brings a lot of knowledge to the table, but he's very specific in what he likes and is very different to what Felix and I like. So in terms of setup, it's a very different approach. Felix and I like a, a different car, probably because we're, you know, different generations and he used to something very different, but it offers a different aspect in it. Well, not aspect, but a different direction where we don't have it when he's not around. So I think it just ultimately allows all of us to, to kind of create the best package for each of us, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense because obviously you guys, you, you and Felix were to start the, the couple of days that we did testing, look a little stronger than him. And he was saying, he didn't like the, the way that the car was. And then I guess he got going. So it makes sense that he likes things a lot different. He's a, he's an old dude, you know? Oh boy. Listen That's to what that. he keeps saying. He's like, I'm old. I don't like to be loose. I like the car to do everything. I was like, okay, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> hey, speaking of your teammate. All right. As we're doing this interview, he's sitting next to you. I understand. Uh, oh yeah. He's right here. Is he, like, is he going to grade you on this interview afterwards? Look, put him on. Hand the phone over to Felix. Felix, say hello. Hello. So, Felix, what do you think of Pato's performance here on Brick by Brick? Did he cover all the bases? I have to say I haven't been listening to everything, but... Uh, I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think he's, always, he's always behaving. I'm kind of acting as his uh, PR... Uh, agent right now and i think uh, i'm just listening for the bad words not to come on. He, he did laugh whenever oh, i almost it was close <laughs> he almost dropped the f-bomb but was that was close. okay you hey, got it back i was hey i was i was saying f1 yeah nice true, save true. nice true. save like like tk said you you had a little bit of oversteer and you corrected all right listen to the both of you have fun down there in miami uh, we're going to check in with you uh, afterwards to find out just exactly what the bet is that you make with Zach Brown. But uh, enjoy it all, and we appreciate both of you now visiting with us here on Brick by Brick. Take care. Thanks, guys. Later. Enjoy, Later. boys. TK, that was fun. It, it was leaves fun. us one thing left to do, and that's to put together our final thoughts. And we'll do that right after these messages. Quick pit stop, and then we're back on the track. This, this is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. This is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. We are back here on Brick by Brick with Tony Kanan. I'm Jack Aroot. You know, it is just so enjoyable to talk with a guy like Padua Ward, who, let's be honest with you, we, we made fun of him when he almost, he almost dropped the F-bomb. But... <laughs> He, he's an interesting mix because I think he gives fans and folks like me and you a look behind the curtain with a certain amount of, of honesty. And it's almost self-evaluation when you hear him talk and you can't, but be absolutely over the top with his enthusiasm. Yeah. I mean, obviously he's just coming out of the best weekend of, of his year, but uh, you know, a young kid happy to be, racing i mean you saw him saying i have the best job in the world and, and it's true i mean uh, you know he's uh, full of life so i love his enthusiasm and i love how he, he reminds me of 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 elio a lot as far as uh, oh yeah 
yeah. he's always happy and, and talking and, and very animated. So, uh, you know, the kid has a bright future for sure. I think he's going to have a, a hard time fighting for the championship. I think they had, a, you know, three really bad races, and especially with the guys up front being so consistent. But you never know. I mean, the 500 is coming up. It's double points. That can change everything. Let's talk for a moment about where he is this weekend, and that's the uh, first Formula One Grand Prix through the streets of Miami. Um, I'm going to share with our listeners something I shared with you and Nate before we went on the air, and that's the connection between Miami and the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And both of you were stumped when I posed the question, what is the connection? Well, folks, if you go back, the, uh, the architect for Miami and for the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and the man that pushed a consortium at the turn of the uh, 20th century to developing both, Carl Fisher, responsible. And in fact, for those of you that may be visiting Miami for Formula One, I know, TK, that you know Fisher Island is named after Carl Fisher. I lived in Miami. Tw- I had no idea. I had no idea. I mean, I knew Fisher Island, but I don't I yeah. didn't do anything by it. So we've already intersected with the historical side for Miami and for the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. The New York Times just about a week ago in the buildup talking about the fact that now the United States will have Miami, will have Circuit of the Americas, and later it will be in Las Vegas, Nevada. Three events and this is basically the only country that's being granted three events. But there's been so much talk about the need to have someone follow in the footsteps of Mario Andretti, of Michael Andretti. You know, through historically, through the years of the history of Formula One, I believe Phil Hill was the very first U.S. Formula One champion. And basically what the New York Times was saying is F1 needs to have an American footprint and an American team. It puts at odds IndyCar, does it not? Yeah, not really. I mean, if you think about it, um, like Liberty Media, it's an American entity, so they, they would be pushing for that. But I think Formula One was missing all along, not coming that much to America. I mean, we are the first world. We we love racing. We have we love sports, right? I mean, sure. You too. One thing that impressed me the most when I first came here was you turn the TV on Sunday, you can watch every any single sport you want. That only happens in America. Um, I think actually IndyCar is going to benefit from it because Formula One right now, it's getting the word out. Obviously, they have, you know, plenty of other sources like, you know, they have their own show on, on Netflix. On, Drive on Netflix. to Survive, yeah. I didn't want to say the name, but I mean, now you said it, but... <laughs> The young generation, especially in America, I'm giving you an example. I was in Nashville last year with Marcus Erickson, and this kid approached us in the restaurant. The kid is American. He's a young generation, had no clue who I was, and says, Marcus, I saw you on Netflix. So that tells you something. I think it's positive, Jack. I think, you know, when you involve racing like that, the Formula One cars are very similar to Indy cars as far as open wheel. You know, you talk about NASCAR and IndyCar, I mean, you couldn't speak more of a different product. So I think actually we'll, 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 drag, we'll drag more fans into it because it's going to be here. So uh, it, I, it, I, don't see it, I don't see it as a, as a downside. No, I, I, I echo your sentiments there, and especially with some of the rule changes that Formula One has undergone. 
uh, and the rule changes that are on the horizon for IndyCar. And look, there's plenty for to go around for everybody. But you just, I during the commercial break, it it festered inside of me. You know your bold prediction about Daniel Ricardo. Let's face it, uh, Danny has kind of used up a lot of his poker chips jumping from F1 team to F1 team to F1 team in uh, your uh, your best imitation of Nostradamus as you look at the at, at the crystal ball should what you're projecting happen could we see Danny stateside running an IndyCar it could be I mean you, you, you can you know one thing about Zach Brown is he's very loyal to his people. And Danny's a good kid. I'm pretty sure Zach loves him. But we just talked about if it's not working, it has to change. So, uh, uh, you know, the way, what's really, at the end of the day, Jack, the reality is, I mean, motorsport, I mean, like actually any professional sport or any, you know, you are CEO of a company, you have a tough job and you have, tough decisions to make and 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 motorsports no different that you know zach probably gonna sit down with him and say this is an option and this is another option you can go home or i can give you something like that i'm not predicting anything i'm, I'm having a conversation with you saying that could happen because it happened to a lot of us yeah no and i and it i happened, think that it happened that's to me different today you can do the 500 or yeah. you know you can go home because jimmy wants to do all the almost so i'm like okay so you have to face reality then he He's not having a good season or a couple of years since he got there. Uh, Lando has been Lando. So that, that could happen. And again, when you talk about Formula One coming more to America, and you even tighten that up, Grosjean opened that door. How many years? You and I go back 30 years. So even, I mean, we had, when Manso came here, it was huge, right? It was, it was and, first when Emo came here. Right, right. I mean, you're talking yeah. about even like, but then for a while it stopped. Yes, it like, did. Yeah. And now it came back and look at Grosjean. I was saying Grosjean wouldn't go back to, to Formula One right now to race for a, a back mark. You know what I mean? He, he says he wouldn't because now he, he got the taste of winning. So that might not be a bad idea for, for Ricardo, but you never. I mean, that's a long shot. Well, it's going to be interesting. And listen, we're, we're, we're stirring the pot, but not in a, I hope, a negative way, because these are the type of conversations that I know our listeners engage in one with the other, because we have a passion for this. I, I neglected uh, to follow up on uh, our conversation about Ayrton Senna. Uh, you remarked to Pato uh, the fact that, you know, it made you feel so good to know that a younger generation uh, has kept alive his memory. I'll share with you a story because you've raced in the SRX. You've raced at Stafford. You'll be back this year. And one of uh, the young drivers there by the name of Michael Christopher Jr., he is so caught up in studying Ayrton Senna and the way that Senna raced. Uh, He debuted a new helmet just a couple of weeks ago when the track opened. And I did a double take. Because here's a kid that has just reached the age of 20. And you know what he was wearing? A classic Senna helmet. That's awesome. Right? And, and, and to me, as Pato said, um, you know, I constantly get, hear people saying, well, you know, we've got to protect the history. No, we don't. 
what we have to do is integrate the history. But right. if we spend all our time looking in the damn rearview mirror, then we're not going to appreciate what we have in terms of evolutionary progress. Sport has changed. It's improved and overall. But there are places for what we're talking about, to pay homage to someone that was just incredible like Ayrton Senna. And, and certainly there's going to be more that come down the road. All right. It's the GMR Grand Prix coming up next weekend. We will certainly break it down in detail next week. But I want to get your initial thoughts because, as Pato said, you know, you got to be good right off the trailer. And he cited specifically for the road course. But combining those two events and basically taking the month of May and putting two races on the docket at the same place, but diametrically different one from the other, uh, what sort of challenges does that present to teams? I mean, it's the beginning of a long month. Yeah. Uh, very, very stressful. So, I mean, 90% of the teams are based here. So everybody's actually home. But, uh, I mean, I always felt a good result out of the Grand Prix. It leads the guys. I mean, you remember, we finished the race on Sunday. The guys will turn around and be. they don't leave the track. They'll be at the right. track Monday working and Tuesday work. It's opening day, so very stressful. Uh, very important to get a result. But then, even if then if you don't, then you have a chance to redeem yourself. Uh, I think uh, a very particular racetrack. The weather here in India has been crazy this year. It looks really crazy for this month. Uh, I was watching the forecast. You know what they predict for the whole month. We're gonna have more rain than we ever had, so that tells you. So we'll see. We'll see what's gonna happen. But it's it's uh, it's an important weekend, Jack. I mean, and you can't tear stuff up because the guys won't have time. Remember, the road course cars are not the same as the oval cars. Right. But if you tear up your road course car, they still got to fix it because a week after Indy, they're going to Detroit. So, and the teams like you know, they, you, you kind of you kind of like never catch up. So you gotta you gotta be mindful of all of that. With what we saw at Barber Motorsports by the little team that could. You know, we've all kind of followed Junkos Hollinger and, and what they've been able to accomplish as a small single car effort. Is it the team or is it Calamilot? No, it's a, it's a combination of yeah. both. Yeah. I think uh, Ricardo is doing an awesome job hiring the right people. Now he finally has the right fundings. I'll go even further. I think you'll be the one that is going to field the 33rd car and field the field at the 500. Um, I work very closely, not work. I have a good, very good relationship, a friend relationship with him. His wife is Brazilian. So we, we relate a lot. And uh, he's, if you look at it, I mean, how loyal this guy is to the series. He started it and did every single series that he had a car on the latter series coming to IndyCar. So he's a guy that Roger really appreciates as well. I think uh, he came to stay this time and um, nobody's a combination. I mean, I think, you should see his, uh, if you haven't been to his shop, Jack, here in Indy, uh, it's right next to Sarah Fisher's uh, go-karting, um, mm-hmm. indoor karting. And Baron Speedway, Speedway. yeah. Beautiful shop. I mean, tops like Andretti, Ganassi, the same, a big shop, very organized. So I see a bright future there with both. I mean, they got a good kid, a fast kid, but also now they got the right fundings, new cars and, and, and so on that I think Ricardo is going to, He's going to be a contender in the future. Well, I'm going to go boldly where no one should go, and I'm going to predict that there could be a podium finish, not in the Indianapolis 500, 
but in the lead-in on the road course. Uh, stranger things have happened, and it would do wonders for the momentum that they've already built. Were it not for a couple of uh, miscues during the course of the race, he was on his way until the car decided to do a you know, 180-degree turnaround. Uh, I, look, I have my favorites. You have your favorites. But deep down inside, we all also have alternatives that we would like to see. And we give an attaboy and a best wishes to uh, Junkos uh, Hollinger because they are on the upward trend. I almost wanted to not deal with this, but it, in deference and in transparency to our listeners, uh, your pick to win at Barber was uh, Alex, Alex, Alex Palou. 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 And, and my pick to win at Barber was a continuation of Team Penske, but this time with the guy that took down the first race in St. Pete, uh, McLaughlin, and we both came up snake eyes. Right. But they were in it. And I guess in terms of style points, I got to give you you that because, uh, uh, you know, my guy finished behind your guy. Right. But if if I look at the, the record that we've had and assembled here, it's one of the very rare occasions where we haven't actually picked the true winner of the event. I mean, we, it's, it's this year we're a little off. Last year we got it right, like, yeah, at the time. So I got to do, I'm going to do my homework for next week and try to pick the right guy for, uh, for the GP. Hey, a quick thanks to our guest paddle award of Aero McLaren SP. And a reminder that if you want more motorsports conversation and specifically more IndyCar interviews, why don't you subscribe to my podcast series, Jackaroot's Wind Tunnel? It's available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. In fact, this week I visit with Simon Pagano. That's Jackaroot's Wind Tunnel. Our producer is the indomitable Nate Lee. But for my partner, Tony Kanan, I'm Jackaroot reminding you to join us again next week when we gather for another edition of Brick by Brick. So long, everybody. <laughs>